0: So in April of 2014, Flint changed their water source from fresh, pre-treated Great Lakes water to the Flint River. But that Flint River water wasn't being treated properly. It was brownish and greenish and yellowish and it smelled funny and it tasted even worse. When I was a pediatrician practicing in Flint, caring for children, and very much reassuring my patients that the water was safe. That asked me, is it okay for me to mix my baby's bottled you know formula, the powdered formula with this water? And of course I told them the water's okay. This is America. There's rules and regulations to make sure that our water is safe. into the public and shared that research Um, and right away I was attacked, dismissed, discredited states that I was wrong unfortunate and hysterical and for a moment I I believed them Um, but, but the kids, my patients, really gave me courage to fight back Their sleeves from throughout the city and in many different sectors and said we've had enough and resisted. And that's one of the reasons I wrote this book. There are kids all over this nation, black, brown, white, rural, urban, that wake up every day to the same toxicities. To this day in Flint we are still on filtered and bottled water as our damaged lead pipes are being replaced because that takes time but we have built a model public health program. Our clinic is on the second floor of a farmer's market. We're across from the central bus stop. We have a social worker. We have books for literacy support. We have all of these wraparound services that go beyond the realm of medicine to make sure that our children not only recover, but thrive. And the really neat thing is that we've begun to export our hope. We are sharing our best practices with communities all over because like I said, the story of Flint is not isolated and we're hoping to make an impact way beyond Flint.
1: Ooh, and there that was. Doop-de-doop-de-doo. All alright close that page off. All right, there we are. And then uh, back to normal. All right, getting the uh, link shared about?
2: I am
1: all right let's see now oh now i'm the one with the testing williams audio taking a look at my own wave file all right there i am i'm showing up there <clears throat> i just need to speak up use my full voice venus colita is also interested in um the uh tarana Toronto burke uh <laughs> burke's take on the uh, Medusa. um uh, so this is definitely one for you folks that like to read and shit uh I am uh excluded from this one because I don't be reading. I uh I read the news, but I don't know all these stories. I know nothing about Athena, Zeus, uh, I saw Disney's Hercules. Um and I remember uh, <laughs> I remember being 14 years old at that time and um working class kids for the McDonald for the McDonald's, they had a triple cheeseburger for one dollar and it was the Hercules burger. Just to fucking go hard on those and then go to the soup kitchen later. <laughs> Alright, there's Phoenix Kalita. You folks are into uh into Medusa. Yeah. I like that. Phen- yeah. yeah. Yeah.
2: Sorry, I'm still getting the links up. Um do we think maybe it would would it be helpful to maybe read it's a it's kind of a long post, but maybe do we want to read some sections of it for those who are unfamiliar with the uh this week's issue.
1: Oh yeah, all day, yeah. Go for it.
2: Yeah, I don't quite have it up.
1: And you talk about the same post that you had on your page,
3: or Toronto Burke's post?
2: Yeah, I believe Phoenix and I both shared the same yeah. post in reference to the Medusa statue that was uh, put up. Is it in Times Square? Where is it? Not Times Square. Where? Where? It's in New York. Where? where I where thought it was in Times Square. Up? Is it not? Is it? Oh, I let's thought see.
1: it was. All right. Let's see if I can um, dig it up here. And a uh, little, a little setup here. So, like. Folks like me, I consider myself an average folks. Yes. I don't I don't be knowing stuff. Okay. <laughs> for the most part. Mm-hmm. Right? Like I'm still like, Odyssey, what the fuck is that? Right. Uh-huh. <laughs> like um and so folks like me think, Oh Medusa, that's the snake haired lady. Turn you into stone. Yeah. Interesting stuff. Yes. All right, moving on to an episode of Gummy Bears bouncing here and there and everywhere. All right, that's how my brain works.
3: Medusa to Gummy Bears, really?
1: I'm an average, folks. All right, we're simple. Medusa to Gummy Bears. And um, and Ooh. then, like, as far as like any extended knowing of the Medusa, was that a uh, uh, rape culture ensued and this mm-hmm. came forward and Snake Hair Lady Man Stone. Yes. All right. Now let's watch an episode of Married with Children. Come on. (laughs) Like that's... Okay. So what do average folks also need to know going forward?
2: Well, I don't think people need to know the full story of Medusa. Um, I'm no expert on Greek mythology myself, actually. So um, I don't think that's necessary to understand the issue here. Um, But the statue, if you look up the new Medusa statue um, that the artist says was inspired by the me too movement it is a statue of a you know a nude um assumably cisgendered woman according to the the ideology around the you know the statue um we might say that um woman holding a nude holding the head uh, of i believe it's perseus um one of the characters one of the the multiple characters that uh that medusa was uh, fought in self-defense basically um and so tarana burke she is uh considered the founder of the me too movement um despite all the hollywood uh run around on all the the celebrities that came out in their uh what was it their black dresses on the you know on the Walk of Fame and all the stuff that they did on the red carpet and uh, and all that the, the antics. Uh, Tarana Burke, I guess she started the actual hashtag. So she made this post in response to this statue because she claims that. And so if you go to Tarana Burke's um, Facebook page, you'll see the post that's got a little blue check mark sticker, which means she made it. And uh, next to her name, the blue check mark so um i'll just read it real quick this is what we got so her statement regarding the statue says i've seen this new york times article several times in the last day or so for those who haven't seen it this statue of medusa holding the severed head of perseus has been placed across from the courthouse in manhattan normally i let these things pass but i just feel the need to speak on this The statue of Medusa holding the head of Perseus has been dubbed by some, including apparently the sculptor, as a tribute to the Me Too movement, and it could not be more inaccurate, capital letters, inaccurate. Um, First, let me say as a survivor, if this feels cathartic to you, I'm not taking anything away from that. However, this movement is not about retribution or revenge, and it's certainly not about violence. It's about healing and action. But let me tell you what the Me Too movement is also not. In capital letters, all caps, a woman's movement. People who don't identify as women experience sexual violence. Children experience sexual violence. And men experience sexual violence. Men in all capital letters, just to be clear. The statue doubles down on the idea that this movement is about hunting down men. It's also It also ties our healing to revenge and casts a semblance of justice that comes from the judicial system as retribution as opposed to accountability. Even in this article, the sculpture says that Medusa was raped by Poseidon, but she is holding the head of Perseus. None of it is right. This isn't the kind of symbolism that this movement needs. And honestly, if the sculptor wanted to pay tribute to me to the Me Too movement, he should have given me a call and would have, and I would have told him to take a clue from at the break, break the silence day. Um, assuming this is some organization, I should look into that. We should uncover who break the silence. What is break the silence day? Um, anyway, should have taken clue from break the silence day who built the first ever survivors memorial recently unveiled in Minneapolis. It pays honor to the courage and strength of survivors of sexual violence on whose backs this movement is built. It provides a beautiful space for respite and restoration and doesn't involve harm doers in any capacity. He could have created something to memorialize the women who have stood outside of that courtroom in beautiful solidarity. This monument may mean something to some folks, but it is not representative of the work we do or anything we stand for. Be clear. And that's it. Statue with a big X through it
1: right and uh they for uh real quick here break the silence.org um we are building the nation's first permanent memorial to survivors of sexual violence permanent very presumptive under capitalism like until someone with more money says huh this is prime real estate for my chain restaurant hmm. like all right permanent my ass like and the the person that I see uh, as soon as I go to this dot org uh, appears to be white, and I I want to tell him like I I hope you know what white capitalists do when they show up to a place, and they're like, yeah, you know that would look better with uh, with George Washington's face on it. Let's go ahead and carve up that mountain. So yeah, you're probably not making something permanent. Uh, you can donate. It's a .org, which makes me assume 501c3. Yeah, probably. And um, so I guess uh, that's, I, I don't know if that's useful. You, you think that's a good idea to have? Uh, something good to do with money?
3: Um, I think there's probably better things we could do for, with money f- geared towards survivors.
1: Red rag pantry plug. Uh,
3: <laughs> yeah, also geared towards survivors, yeah. Yeah
2: um yeah and i'm wondering so you know you gotta look at so what's tarana burke's like you know motivations when someone has a blue check next to their name they got motivations going on they got money going on like what is her you know there's all this talk about how she has been um kind she's been cast aside as the um originator of the me too movement because she's a black woman and that is valid in terms of you know Frequently movements and feminist movements not giving proper credit to, uh, you know, women who start things or put in the work, um, black women such as her, but we see she's gotten a lot. She's gotten, um, she's been invited to the Glo- the Golden Globe Awards. She's received many, um, many, yeah many awards and prizes and I'm looking at her biography right here since the Me Too movement started in 2017. Um, She was considered Time's Person of the Year, so I don't consider that a race from history, personally, um, by this point. Uh, She's currently Senior Director of Girls for Gender Equity. So, I guess we're assuming here that that is a... So, that is a organization focused on gender inequality, and we have to separate that from the Me Too movement, because Me Too is not about women, according to her. Um, Can't say that. So, I really want to dig into that. Um... I find this really emblematic of a lot of problems in the feminist movement right now. This and all the conversations I'm seeing this reposted, people who support, people who don't support this statement from Burke on their timelines on Facebook and Twitterverse and such. Um, and you know, my my the crux of the issue I get down into that's really juicy is is something like me to a feminist movement or a women's movement. Most people assume and say yes, and I I actually say well yeah everyone almost exclusively that I saw sharing their Me Too stories were women saying, yeah, I'm systematically over and over again abused and harassed by men, and here's my story. And that's obviously not the the uh, the absolute extent of it. There are men who are abused, like Burke said in her post. There are um, women who are abused by other women. There's all genders that are victims of um, of rape culture and sexual violence. And that's very important because, you know, I wouldn't want to essentialize that rape is only exclusively um, something that's experienced by women or saying that males, for instance, have some sort of natural issue with attacking females. So that's not something I want to, you know, essentialize and get into. Um, I find that very false and very, uh, you know, it does get into, uh, as someone accused me, turfy cat, um, turfy um, turf. So um In terms of essentializing sexual violence is something that's between literal biological sex or something like that, which is not gender violence, which is a social construction gender is a gender is not biology, kind of want to get that down pat, although I know it's not really an issue on uh, the show you all have here when you frequently talk about um, trans misogyny and many other issues. So but these are the conversations that are happening, and then I. But I get back to the point. And I say, okay, so this is not a a women's movement. If it's not a women's movement, then it's not a feminist movement. If it's not, if we're not talking that about gender and that sexual violence is systematically is a gender um, issue of gender violence, and then where we where where do we go with this? I think it's a really big question. Um, does anyone else want to dig in there I, I have more i can go on that but
3: oh no you can keep going on that i just um i think my biggest frustration with her saying that this isn't uh a women's movement when women did like 90 percent of the work into it is that something i see a lot is when one specific group um has a very uh, Justified grievance about something and they come forward and then all of a sudden it's for everybody, right? Like, you know, we start off with something that's for black girls and all of a sudden it's about women of color, right? And then all of a sudden it's about women in general, you know, Um, and it's very frustrating. And that's, you know, I think especially having interacted with a lot of like MRAs online because they're like, well, men get raped, too. And it's like that is incredibly valid. And you should do something about that instead of just showing up when women talk about being raped to be like, but men, too have you considered starting your own day or starting a march or doing a hashtag or, you know, some sort of activism for awareness or, um, you know, creating a fucking safe space for men to talk about these things? Like, why is it only when women talk about sexual violence that it's like, oh, yeah, men too? Like, you can literally do this any other time of the day, of the week, of the month, of the year. And so um, I have, like like, a certain, like, personal level of frustration with that. I see that happen all the time, whether it's, like, you know, trans folks talking, and then all of a sudden, like, oh, it's a, it's an umbrella LGBTQ issue. And it's like that's not what we were talking about. Like, it's a black issue, and now it's you know all people of color. That's not what we're talking about. It's you know women coming forward about this, and now it's men too. That's not what we were talking about. And you know, it's certainly not to act as though those issues are not invalid or that men shouldn't be talking about them. It's just a little bit frustrating that after the work has already been done, that the people who did it are now like, and it's not just for you. And it's like, oh, well, that would have been good to know going in, because <laughs> I <laughs> might have. Re-evaluated how much labor i was willing to put into this thing if i would have known it wasn't actually for me at the end of the day you
2: know yeah and i'd like to make this uh this comparison um you know so sometimes when i make comparisons about between like uh, sexism and racism or things like that it, it doesn't always hold water because they're separate issues and they deserve their own um spe- specificity of talk of the con- talking about the conditions of them um they're not the same but it's Feminists, other feminists seem to have so much trouble grasping this i make it compare i make this comparison to make it clear um let's say we had a movement about police brutality and we know that police brutality can affect people of all races and any race of police officers are capable of abusing authority and um and uh committing police brutality against anyone of any gender. Um, I'm, I'm sorry, or of any race and gender. But if you have a police brutality movement that then says, that, but this isn't about race, how do you think that would go down? And how valid is that? Like, I, I would not say that that's valid. I would say there's a systemic issue that you should not ignore at the roots of this. And if you erase that, what are you doing? You're gonna have a police brutality movement that's not not about race?
3: Yeah, yeah. All lives matter. Yeah.
2: yeah so we have a sex a movement against sexual violence that isn't about gender how do we do that yeah, I... yeah yeah we're all we're all worried
1: about the um about the lady at work uncomfortably giving men shoulder rubs we're all we're all scared of that i'm terrified when i terrified, show up
3: terrified
1: oh shit here come the women i'm not so someone that like how, how often folks that worked in customer service how often do you have a guy working there who has to hide in the back because of a creepy woman that regularly comes in as a customer.
3: Oof.
1: Is that, that is that a regular thing, fellas? Blokes? Mm. Guys, dudes? Bros. I mean. Brus, are you <laughs> out there? And um, and also I think um as far as like this this idea that you'll typically hear it with guys in the manosphere area of the internet. And um <clears throat> they talk about these alpha males and beta males. And I mean, you can point back to something that might be aimed more at children to be like, well, that's easily fixed where you look at um a film like a like a Bugs Life or Ants where it's like, mm-hmm. but there's more of you so-called betas than those so-called alphas. Yeah. Fuck them. Throw rocks at them until they fucking stop fucking with you. Like they ain't shit. There's very few of them. And most of that hard acting is posturing you know, like somebody that might be seen as like one of the top alphas. We've mentioned this name several times on the program in the 90s. Top alphas. Tupac Shakur. Mm-hmm. But talk to people he's actually gotten to fights with. He can't fucking fight. <laughs> one, of the, yeah. one of the niggas in Marin City was like when he went to fight him, Tupac threw up a foot and kicked him in the leg. He was like, what the fuck are you doing? Like, yeah. Like, yeah, a lot of the, the alpha shit is just um like Tupac said himself. He was like, If I hear a noise in my house and I wake up in bed, I don't wake up and go, hey, who's there? I go, what are you doing in my house? Like, you get up in your posture. Mm -hmm. Like, it's all fake. So, like, you guys that are scared to create a space, yes, you can. Just do it. Do it. And when the 50 of you are having a space and the three so-called alphas show up to make you stop, jump (laughs) them. like, oh, it's your
3: solution to everything. Just jump somebody. Um, but, you know, I also think it's important um, as we're talking about, like, the gender aspect of this, as that, like, I also feel like it's reinf- uh, reinforcing, like, patriarchal standards, right? Because a lot of this type of work is a lot of emotional labor. It's a lot, it's very, like, emotionally draining because you're dealing with, you know, people's traumas. And so you have to be, like, very like, conscious and respectful uh, and supportive of how you're dealing with that because, like, these are horrific stories. And, like, I find that, you know, because of patriarchal values, it's like, oh, women are the emotional ones. They're the sensitive ones. Like, women are responsible for regulating men's emotional well-being. And, like, that's a very, like, patriarchal sort of trope. And so I'm also really concerned with this isn't, um you know, this isn't a women's movement now or whatever, or this isn't based on gender or however it's going down, that now it's going to be a bunch of men who are like, I too have been a victim of this type of abuse. Emotionally comfort me. Because I'm allowed to be here too. And I'm just like, I'm really, I'm like already like very fatigued (laughs) at the idea of that. Like I am weary. Because I can guarantee like that's what's going to happen next. Because it's not really about um, unpacking sexual abuse. It's not about... Um, you know, talking about the ways in which sexual abuse can look different across the gender spectrum, it's about all this work that women did and now saying, oh, well, men get abused too, so they're allowed to be here. And it's like, I really have a feeling that that's what it's going to result in is, um, women having to do the emotional labor for men because we're not really, um, invested in, um, dismantling patriarchal standards particularly around gender and i'm just i'm just very tired thinking about it if that makes sense i don't know does that, does that make sense yeah no like you,
1: matter of fact i say uh, now that you mentioned it like now if anyone if you if you see a red flag of like free emotional labor requests coming your way uh remind them hey you know you got men's only country clubs yeah <laughs> you got all sorts of men's only spots Go to those spots and talk to your to your fucking guys, and um, I want to pass it back to Sprinkler, but I fucking um, because of the mandatory seven day work week, I miss a lot of shit. So, has anyone just given the very easy, low hanging fruit hot take yet of like, but it's Me Too, and they didn't believe Tara Reed. So, oh. like, what what's Me Too really worth at all anyway?
2: Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, meanwhile, Me Too, the big organization that came out of it. Um, oh, gosh, what's the name of that big nonprofit, that legal nonprofit? There's uh, Time's Up
1: is one of them. Time's
2: Up. Yes, thank you. Almost dropped the ball. Save me. Okay. Um, yeah, so Time's Up, They when it comes down to concrete examples of men with a lot of power um, abusing women and believing women's stories... Uh, look, Me Too is all about uh, Tara Reed comes forward and Me Too is. And um, yeah, the organization Time's Up that came specifically out of Me Too says, oh, no, we can't do that because he's a presidential candidate and gave all these legal runarounds for why they can't support Tara Reed. And the Democratic Party systematically destroyed Tara Reid and, and made her the exception to the rule of believing women. When three years ago, it was exclusively believe women and never ask questions. Mm-hmm. So. It's a lot of hypocrisy, a lot of hypocrisy going on with the Me Too movement. I don't really know what it's doing or where it's going, except some people with blue checks getting their, you know, slice. So,
1: yeah, I don't, I mean, has <laughs> there been a, a bill, an ordinance, a, um, no. a, a referendum? No.
3: And I honestly think that after this whole Medusa statue thing, that this is kind of like the end. Anybody who is still sort of wavering. I think is done especially because it's the Medusa story right like that was a very provocative story to distance yourself from so we'll and, see what happens yeah. and, and that's far- the other
2: aspect of it you know besides the gender thing um you know I will keep that I will die on that hill basically um mm-hmm. there's the issue of and you know I call it feminist respectability politics and especially looks at violent women mm-hmm. as a um as some kind of deviation from the kind of justice that we need. And, you know, I really question where, what strain of feminists said that they get to decide that restorative justice or, you know, non-carceralism. Like, there's a lot of good work that went into, like, looking at the carceral system, especially black feminists who and said that, like, this is not really a good um, avenue for justice overall. It, that this is very complicated in terms of race and using the carceral system um, selectively but that whole strain of, um, of investigation and political investigation ended up becoming like anyone who fights back against the racists e- or either uses violence or you know um, vengeance, or um, then they lump self-defense into that is you know, really going against the intersectional restorative justice that we need. And they've, they've taken that whole thing. They made it a, a dichotomy that it's not. You're able to do both. You don't want to put people in jail and that's not your, your system of justice. That's fine. That's not opposed to women who fight back or want to, um, you know, fight back against, uh, you know, the rapists. But they make it into that in order to vilify women who do take transgressive action. Restorative justice is simply not transgressive. I'm not saying it's wrong, but they pit it against self-defense because people in these fucking nonprofits and these academic feminists and all these people, they, they know that self-defense is something transgressive and their organizations and their place up in this hierarchy can't say support that. It's like violent protesters. You can't support that if you're going to be a darling of a democratic party. Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, I'm not going to go into the whole Medusa thing and you mentioned it earlier, but I just like want to reiterate because like I'm really irritated the way that um, Tarana like framed this situation with a statue. So like Medusa was a very beautiful woman. She got raped. As it, like, being, she got punished for being raped by being turned into a monster that turns people into stone. And then people were like, oh, well, clearly she's bad because she turns people into stone even though she was cursed. Like, that's not how she, that's not what she was born looking like. And then some dude hops into her house and tries to cut her head off so he can keep it as a trophy and just randomly turn people into stone on a whim and she killed him first. And she's the bad person in this whole story? Like... Come on now. And so, I yeah, I think that, um, because that is, like, the most pure, um, like, self-defense story you can possibly have. There are no fucking qualifiers. There is no nuance. She got raped, got cursed, turned into a monster, and then some guy tried to come and cut off her head, and she beat him in the fight. Like, that is, like, the most non-controversial self-defense story ever, and still they're like... Yeah, but that's vengeance and it's violent and it's bad and all lives matter and it's like and it's like really then what message are you trying to send? So, if somebody comes in your house and tries to rape you, do you not have the right to fight back because If someone comes in your house trying to harm you and cut your head off, do you not have the right to fight back? Like, I'm really trying to understand, like, what the moral of this messaging is. Like, what am I supposed to be taking away from this? Because all I've heard is all lives matter. Women are here for emotional labor and self-defense when someone's trying to literally murder you is aggressive. What?
1: I mean, if you uh, and you don't even need to go all the way far back and right in the Medusa <clears throat> thing. Obviously, snakes and hair turning people to stone. This is a fictional story, but we got no-knock raids. Yeah, <laughs> you can't shoot back at the cops on a no-knock raid.
3: Right. Well, look uh, at uh, yeah the
1: Brianna Taylor the joint Taylor. or uh, or or I. It pains me that I keep forgetting the little girl's name, I think it was in Michigan.
3: Uh, Ayana Jones. Ayana, Ayana Stanley.
1: Yeah. Ayana. I, Ayana. I know the
3: first name. Yeah.
1: Yeah. That uh, I think she was like on the couch with her grandmother. Asleep. Yeah. She was
3: sleeping on the couch. Yeah.
1: Like, so that, and what do people say about those? Right. They'll still literally say, well, just don't break the law. Yeah. Like they don't even need to know the story. They're like a press person got shot by someone of authority, someone who's higher up than them in the um in the manufactured social hierarchy. Well,
3: they should have known their place. Like they I al- said, we're not actually dismantling any systems with this movement. <laughs> yeah,
1: no, nobody gives a gosh darn. There's um Eric Hudson there. I uh, just showed up at the joint. Oh, oh. audio. Yeah. Yep. No sound. Yeah. So, um, if I come off screen, I can yeah, I'm mean, you know, like with,
2: with Burke, you know, I she deserves credit for starting the hashtag. But you know, this is the whole thing with hashtag based movements, where a lot of people start participating and they get this conversation going on social media, and then there's no organizational capacity or accountability for how this this movement, mm-hmm. it, it's considered a movement, is run. So then you have people who it ends up being the people that are accepted by the the media who say, OK, well, we found out this person is head of Occupy Wall Street. Oh, looks like Sean King. He's a, he, he owns Black Lives Matter. That, that's what's going on. Or Tarana Burke, that she is running Me Too. And they get to have a say for what this movement is, despite like millions of people online participating. And again, so is that a movement? It's a hashtag. I don't know. So. You know, but these movements don't end up like me too going anywhere or getting anything, except again the, the darlings of the media who and then political parties who end up taking the narrative into what they want it to be. And then people like Burke, who are getting a good career out of it, they they don't question that and they keep that narrative going. So again, like in her post, she claims that like, you know, the 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 creator of the statue should have called her, personally called her. Yeah. It's like Okay, so are you president of Me Too now? Who voted you in? Who, what? Oh how are, are you? Are you president? Because then maybe we should call the president of the organization or the or the chair of the organization, but there is none. But And yet, so she's saying that this doesn't speak for everybody in Me Too, but why does she get to speak about what Me Too is or isn't when millions of people have been buying for what this is and what it means to them to talk about sexual abuse. Right. And again, I would say probably 95% of it is about women talking about their conditions under patriarchal violence Mm -hmm. and then if you say that that erases people well you know the whole point of men being abused or women being abused by people of other genders is a testimony to the fact that there is nothing essential about rape and sexual violence being a men to women's issue or even worse a male to female issue but that it is an issue of power that anybody Mm -hmm. can use against any people of any gender it's has nothing to do with your sexual parts and anything like that But what it it says is that patriarchy has decided to take this as a tool against an entire class of people, women, to use it against them systematically. Mm -hmm. If we can't talk about that, we're not going to go anywhere. We're just not. Yeah.
3: Which I also find, I liked your comment saying, like, is she the president of Me Too? That all of a sudden she's feeling, like, extra flexy about this fucking statue, but didn't say shit when Alyssa Milano straight up hijacked the Me Too hashtag. Like, where was all your flex then, (laughs) ma'am? Like, come on now. Yeah.
1: Yeah. All right, folks, and that was indeed the first half of the Talk Fury, and uh, we went ahead and put that one right up here on the regular feed where you can just go ahead and access it. Uh, the full episode: um, Eric Hudson comes in, and we talk about the rest of the Amy Cooper story out of New York, where Amy Cooper tried to get the uh, tried to get the bird watcher murdered by the pigs, and we cover a little bit of that. And we tangent a little bit toward the idea of revolution and sharing the videos. And we come up with the idea for next week's Talk Fury. And that will be on Patreon, but not Patreon only. It will be free right there on the patreon.com slash wine cellar media page. So you can just go there, click it. And then while you're there, maybe you'll be like, hey, I'll throw a buck on it. Or you might tell your friends, hey. Come over here and throw a buck on it for me. All right. winecellarmedia.com.